Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, we will take a deep dive into customer experience with two of our favorite retail technology experts. Back with us again are first Jeff Patterson, a 20-year veteran of Red Iron Technologies, where he serves as the Chief Technology Officer. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Great, Jim. How about you? Wonderful. It's good to see you again. Also back with us is Barry Egeter, Red Iron COO, the Chief Operating Officer. He's been part of the Red Iron team for nearly six years and has worked in the retail technology industry for many years beyond that. Hello again, Barry. Hey, Jim. Good to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back. So to our viewers, if you're not familiar with Red Iron, they're a multi-vendor systems integrator that helps retailers implement, extend, or maintain any major software system. Red Iron is forging innovation and solving retailer pain points through technology. For more information on the company, visit RedIronTech.com. All right, so gentlemen, let's start with this. And Jeff, I'm hoping you can tackle this. So tell me if you agree or disagree with this premise. So the premise is your customer is in charge. If you don't give them what they want, they'll go elsewhere and they'll do it quickly. Brand loyalty doesn't go as far as it used to. So agree or disagree with that? Um, like any of these things, it depends. Um, the, my, my daughters have brands that they will um, you know, suffer great abuse to get, right? So, so, but if you don't have the benefit of having one of those brands or maybe you're Target demo isn't my daughter's. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's largely true that the um, customer doesn't feel a compulsion to uh, limit their activity to a particular store or you know even even if their um, experience have been very positive with them, it's always just tempting to you know just whip out your phone and and see what's see what's available, see what where I can get it, what the deal is, how quickly I can get it. I mean, I think that what you need to do is um, make sure that to the greatest extent possible, you can give a customer what they're looking for, that you can match what their search terms are with something that's appropriate, that you can deliver it in some sort of a timely fashion. I mean, if you're, if you're able to provide something within driving distance and you can be sure that that item is going to be there, I think that's the, I think that's the best you can do in terms of you know, the decision tree starts before the customer gets in the door. So it's it's not so much I'm going to go and look around and see if they have what I need. It's sort of I'm going on a mission. You've told me it's there or I'm looking for one of several alternatives and you better have something and they all better be nicely labeled and available for me. And, and the, stat, the people in store better know something about the product. So I think that your, you know, loyalty to a brand is not, it is not what it used to be. I mean, there, there's everything is ba everything is mercenary. I'd say, you know, make sure that you've got what you want and that you can intervene as early in the decision tree as possible with the customer. Got it for sure. Yeah, people used to do shopping with their legs, but now they're doing shopping with their their thumbs. Right. Are able to search it with that. So even, even in store, I mean, oh sorry, yeah, just all the time you see people with their phones out in the store. So you know, even even once you've got them in the door, they might not be your customer. So yeah, the, the customer experience is very fickle. Yeah, they have their phones out and they're not texting mom, right? They're <laughs> uh, they're looking to see for for another yeah. store. Uh, right. Before we get into, I wanted to go through some elements that make up the customer experience. But Barry, just want to get your take quickly. Do you agree or disagree uh, with that premise about brand loyalty doesn't go as far as it used to? Yeah, I just think there's more choices out there now. It's very competitive. It's a global economy, right? So. Uh, so I agree in in general. I, I also agree with Jeff. It 
depends on the demographic, right? I, I also have young children uh, who would love to show off certain brands and just say they spend a fortune on something just because of the brand and the recognition that comes with it. But then if you look to me as a parent, I'm all about saving money, making ends meet, making sure we're getting, you know, our, our list of chores accomplished. And it's a diff different mentality, right? And, and that really hasn't changed over time. It's always been kind of that way. Uh, but having, you know, having the different demographics means different levels of loyalty. And, and I could certainly say my, my uh, teenage daughter will always buy her leggings from a very specific brand. Whereas I'm very open to going and buying lots of different things, depending on what the price point is, how soon can I get it, where is it, can I get it now, or do I have to wait two months? So it really depends, but I think all those choices now, uh, and, and speaking to the global market and the shipping capabilities, I think that really makes it you know, a little bit more challenging from a loyalty perspective. Those brands have to be really solid with their messaging and, and their, their vision as to how they see their customers, uh, because it's it's far more competitive than it ever was before. I don't Thank know what I don't want to know where you where you shop for leggings, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing, Jeff. My <laughs> daughter's very particular. Me, I'll get my leggings anywhere, right? As long as they fit. You know, it doesn't doesn't right. matter to me. So, all right. Well, let's get serious and let's do a, a deep dive into what we consider seven elements that make up the customer experience. And then, uh, Jeff and Barry, I'm hoping that you can expand upon any one of these. So, for our audience, here are the seven elements. Number one, you know what the customer purchased before. Number two, you not only know what they purchased, you know what they like. Three, uh, element number three, you know the best way to engage them and excite them to buy again. Element four, you have the product that they want. That seems incredibly important. Number five, you deliver that product where and when they want it. Element six is you reward them for their loyalty. You keep them coming back. And then number seven, your help goes beyond superficial. So not just perceived what you think going through the motions, it actually helps them. So of those seven elements, Barry, which one would you want to discuss first? What do you want to expand upon? What do you think would be most valuable for our audience? Well, I'm sure we could touch on all these, but uh, I, I think, you know, I'd like to start out by talking about having the product that, that they want, right, from a customer perspective. Because for me personally, that's the big part of why I leave the house, right? So if I go online now these days, I'm going to check to see if a particular local location has inventory for something I'm after. It used to be you pick up the phone or you go in the store and then you'd say, oh, I, I need this product, it's not here. When's it coming in next? Is there a truck coming next week or what's the next delivery? And then maybe sometimes you, they take your number and call you back. That's not happening anymore now, right? The e-com environments are your window to inventory at your local stores. And pretty much every e-com system has some concept of that these days where it'll tell you there's X number of product in aisle whatever at this location. And oh, by the way, there's six other locations within this distance from you. So a decision point for me as a consumer is now, you know, if I'm, if I'm gonna go out and get some essentials, maybe some groceries and some other things, and I'm gonna make a few other stops along the way to get other things, I might look those up online or in my phone while I'm in transit. If I'm, you know, stopped at the grocery store in line, I might check something at the next stop. So it's more available to me as a consumer to understand what an inventory level looks like at a location, and are they even carrying the, the color or the size or whatever that I want. Uh, so, you know, for retailers having that uh, 
visibility on their e-com site if they have an e-com site to start with and having it accurate is really key uh, because then I'm going to make that trip and I'm expecting it to be there and I can actually tend to go and find it myself because a lot of the systems will tell you you know the row number the aisle the shelf where I can go and find this so a lot of the self-serve kind of aspects of that are really key and then you know the delivering the product when when a customer wants if it's not in the store and I know it's not in the store then my next option is to order it and what are my choices around how I'm going to receive that and everybody these days is used to having things shipped to their homes so there's always the option to say well you know I can get it delivered it's going to cost me this much to have it shipped or maybe if I spend a certain amount I get free shipping right and all those are are things that influence my decision of what I'm buying I mean, how many of us have gone to an online cart and added in the item we wanted and then realized, oh, if I just spend another $10, I can get free shipping. And you buy more product. And it might not be something you really want, but it's something you're going to throw in the basket just to get that perk, right? So having all those options and, and in the pandemic, we've been going curbside, we've been doing contactless uh, uh, pickups. There's so many different options. And having these choices as a consumer is, is critical because sometimes that's going to influence which location I'm going to or even which retailer I'm going to pick up a product just because option exists in one location not another. So very key uh, to, to how I shop and the trends these days are to, to have all those available on all, all your electronic systems and having those systems communicate well and, and share that information and it's up to the retailers to make sure it's accurate as well with the business processes, right? Uh, so very important, and I certainly would say, you know, it deters me from, from going out if any of that provides a bad experience and, and it's not accurate or, you know, the information I was provided doesn't really get me what I'm after and I, I waste a trip, right? Because in my demographic, my time is limited, and when I go out, I need to get things done. I've got a checklist and I'm, I'm working through it. So it's uh, it's quite an interesting, you know, from a customer experience perspective that I have those expectations on the retailers and I'm shocked sometimes when I don't have that at one store versus another. It's just, it's something you start to assume once it becomes readily available uh, in, in general. Yeah, and it seems like this is really where, you know, you have the product they want, where technology comes into play, right? Because if somebody looks up on their phone or their laptop or their tablet or something, and it says you don't have it, but you actually do have it, that's a missed opportunity because another store might have it on their shelf or vice versa from a customer experience. Like you said, if it says it's there and you go in and it's not, that just really blows up the whole experience. And, you know, customer experience before it used to be, I have the nicest people, they're friendly and welcoming and all that. Those things that we just mentioned don't involve people whatsoever. Right. So is that, I guess, what you're thinking, Barry, in terms of why this is so important and why your technology has to be right? Because you can't get this done manually. You can't ensure you yeah. have the product that they want unless all your technology is aligned. Right. One of the keys with customer experience is knowing your customer, right, and analytics. So being able to have the right products in place or to know that, like I say, there's certain things that I'm going to go and get as a consumer because I need it on a regular basis. I have to replenish, um, but I'm going to pick up other things while I'm there. Um, having all that information available from an analytics perspective and being able to provide that, uh, you know, makes it a better experience for when I go to a brick and mortar location as opposed to e-com, which tends to be more wide open, 
right? With e-com, my expectation is, hey, there's everything available to me. It's just a matter of when and how much. And with brick and mortar, I know that you know the there's going to be a limited window as to what's available at that location. But maybe while I'm on site at the store, they can upsell or provide you know endless aisle kind of capabilities where I can oh I grabbed this today, but you can throw this onto my my invoice because I know you can order for it uh, for me and get it in you know a week or two from now. So you know all that analytics and all that information about the customer and when we talk about loyalty, you know I'm going to come back if if I know I can get what I'm after and it's convenient for me. If it's not convenient, I'm shopping for another experience. That's right. Very well said. Well, thank you for expanding on that. Uh, Jeff, uh, which of the elements or which elements, if you want um, to take more than one, do you want to expand upon? Sure. So the deliver the product where and when they want. This sort of um, dovetails with what Barry was just speaking of, where I have visibility to every piece of inventory across my uh, enterprise so that, I mean, a lot of what we've been talking to retailers with and, and doing some interesting project lately is about, you know, the um, pick the last item um, and delivering and sort of what I'll call sort of creative fulfillment. So maybe I can fulfill an item that is ordered online, but I can fulfill it from a store local to them and I can get it to them quicker with some lower uh, delivery charges, that sort of thing. So it's all about uh, making sure that you have visibility into your last item of stock because the customer assumes that you do. It's probably fairly surprising to know that retailers have this sort of cloudy view of what exactly they have to sell. I mean, not, that's not true at their warehouses, but out at their stores, it's, it's much harder to get down to the last item, especially, you know, people pick it up and put it back in the wrong spot. So it's not just about knowing what's coming in out of the door. You've got shrinkage, you've got you know, there's all sorts of challenges around this and there's lots of people trying to solve this problem. But once you have a, you know, once you can increase your reliability of that information, then you have some flexibility around delivery, say. And I can say, you know, you want this delivered to tomorrow morning or, hey, by the way, it's down, you know, two miles from your home. You can just go pop by and we'll reserve it for you and you can pick it up. So I think deliver the product where and when they want is something that you know technology will enable you to do that as we go forward and get better and better at figuring out how to track items in and out of each location and figure out how to better um, allocate your resources around getting the customer what they want. Um, I will talk about um, just when I think of all these uh, elements, I think of them in two ways. Um, so they the they all have different answers for in-person versus um, enterprise selling. Yeah, good. And point. that's because you know, if I if I know what you have purchased before, or what you like, that might be completely appropriate if I'm having an online interaction with you, but that can seem creepy in in person. <laughs> I I don't want the person that I'm talking Mr. to. Mr. Regular, you're what? back. You're Mr. Regular, back for more rash cream. Well, nice to see <laughs> you again. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that ain't my bag, baby. Yeah, exactly. Right. So so I think that you know there there's a fine line between you know a suitor and a stalker. And you have to make sure that you're that you're treading that very carefully because it can be off-putting. I don't want I don't want people to I don't want when I go shopping, I like to maintain my anonymity unless there is a sufficiently attractive reason for me to share who I am. So in terms of in terms of figuring out your customer engagement, it is a totally different model. And I think a lot of people sort of blur those lines and sort of think, oh, I've got all this information. If I could just use it at the store and it's like, well, careful, because that can be off-putting. And 
and you know you can you can it can have the adverse um, impact that you're hoping for. Yeah, I love that line. There's a fine what you just said. There's a fine line between suitor and stalker. And right. I can say I've experienced that where you get something and then minutes later, like somebody is reaching out to you, some individual, and you're thinking, like, were they sitting behind me? Like it just gives certainly a an unsettling feeling, not the customer yeah. experience that we're shooting for. Right. Exactly. It's funny you mentioned that, Jeff, because the uh, you know there's there's a group of people out there that like the attention, right? So clienteling and just you know being able to help somebody find specific items, uh, you know, thinking in terms of the way back when we started with retail registers or big bulky heavy equipment at the front of the the counter, and now they have either mobile or detachable units. And the salespeople can, you know, follow you through the store and help you with suggested selling. Uh, so yeah. that's changed things a lot, right? And and you know, if you're if you're still running one of those traditional registers, you don't have that option, right? You need a you need something that's more portable and can help you, you know, keep adding to the basket while you're catering to the needs of someone who prefers to be catered to, uh, as right. opposed to the, the creepy stalker who who knows everything <laughs> about you and you don't want them around right. you. So. Um, so again, it's a it's a demographic and it's a different audience, but uh, in that case, the technology can impede, right? So if you don't have a new form factor per se or a new mobile solution, you don't have that ability to necessarily you know follow a customer through the store uh, and and be able to help them get more. So right. it's, it's a technical roadblock in that case. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up. Just a personal example that I have. I just had to take uh, some pants in to a local, you know, a national, uh, you know, a retailer here. And this will sound terrible. I have to get them taken out an inch, right? It wasn't a pandemic thing. It's because I put them into the dryer. They were wool. They shrunk a little bit. At least that's the theory uh, mm -hmm. that I'm going with. Um, but the fact that they had, I hadn't been there since I bought the suit. Um, in a couple of years, they all had tablets and what a different experience it was that they could all go and service everybody throughout the store instead of that, okay, you're done, head on over to this corner, get in line and then wait for the next person. They're able to do everything and they even send it to print. And then we just walk by and they grab the receipt and then handed it to me uh, to go back from there. Way, way different from, from what it was when I bought uh, the suit there uh, last time. They bought my story as well, I do have to say, <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of the dryer. So, well, wonderful. Great. Thank you for that. Let me ask you a couple more questions, just a couple more. So I think the three of us and probably most everyone listening uh, to our conversation today, they know how difficult it is for retailers to adapt to the changing needs of uh, their customers and then also adapt changing technologies, right? Like all those things that we've talked about, you gave examples of, you know, your daughters do this. Well, your daughters are gonna change their buying habits, right? And we all change our buying habits and technologies change. So what's your message, starting with you, Jeff, what's your message to the retail executive who prefers to say, boy, that's a lot to take on. I'm gonna sit still, or I'm just gonna move really slowly. What would you say to somebody who has that approach? Uh, I'd say, I hear you. I mean, it, it is, you know, it's daunting, right? You, you, you enumerated all these sort of changes and stresses in the, build, in, in the business. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough business, um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, that, that's, that's opportunity, right? So there's, there, there's peril in moving too fast, there's peril in moving too slow. You know, you've got to make sure you're treading the right line through and that's, you know, that, that's where, you know, prudence and judgment come in. I mean, we got um, just, I mean, clearly what you want, yeah, you know, clearly you want to be moving, 
um, because I mean that you're you're going to be left behind. But at the same time, I mean we had a front row seat fairly recently to a company that was had a had a decision that they knew where the they knew where the market was going, and they had this investment that was was almost existential. I mean, it 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 it, it was their they they fully committed to it, and really it went wrong. You know, so so it it's not just you got to move. You have to move smartly, and you have to sort of you know don't get too far out over your skis. Make sure that you're make sure that you're leading, but not by too much, because this is you know as as you said you know just a year ago your experience was totally would would look totally different. It's hard to forecast what things are going to look like in three or four years, except you can do it by theme. You know, you know that you know that we're going to, you know, the buying process is going to come more frictionless. You know that people are going to be um, their expectations are rising. But in terms of what specific uh, route that will take, I think, you know, be cautious, just make sure that you're always making incremental improvement to your to your processes and to your people and to your availability or ability to understand where your uh, where your place in the market is and where your products in your enterprise are. So it yeah it it's it's tricky. I mean don't don't yeah. stay still but don't uh, don't be precipitous. Just make sure that you're making prudent decisions and it's tough to move an organization quickly. That's the other thing that I'd say generally speaking is you've got culture to consider. It's not just technologies. People and you know people who have turf that they've you know hoarded over for their entire career and they're very anxious to make sure they understand where they'll fit in so it's it it's a it's a wide-ranging enterprise to to move and you just got to make sure that you're doing it in a measured way yeah incremental progress is better than than no progress at all right. great so l last question for you and barry if you can take this first and then jeff we've given some advice uh, on this podcast so far and on this interview if you're talking to somebody you know an executive if they're listening to this what would you say like here's some actions you should take related to customer experience technology what would be your you know elevator pitch to them or your you know 60 90 seconds barry first yeah i'd say you know start with you got to know your customer really well because your competitors definitely will if you don't so, uh, you know, looking at your available options for capturing information about customers, like I said before, your analytics. Um, if you don't have a loyalty system, you know, consider putting something in because if you're on an e-com site, you capture information for delivery purposes. You have an account sign-on and you can track the customer almost automatically because it's a requirement. Uh, but in-store, you know, there's, there's only so many ways about getting to know that customer. And a loyalty program is a good way to sort of tie a person in with their purchases as well as reward them for that. So really, you know, find ways to get to know your customer and do your analytics and make your decisions based off of that. Because without that, I don't know how you're going to decide the best way to get your business benefit out of it. And, and then, of course, you know, look at your competitors, see what they're doing, compare what you're doing as a business. And that's true for any business, really. Always keep an eye on your competitors and evaluate you know some of the options available there and then of course talking to people like us who do integrations uh, where we've seen a number of different approaches taken across different retailers uh, and in different segments of the market it's always good to you know feel out those options great yeah being able to talk to a solution provider like yourself you've seen so many other retail establishments and i'm sure you've seen some leaders and you've seen some laggards and you can give somebody guidance right. in terms of the path that they 
we know that they want to go on. Jeff, what action do you recommend to the uh, retail executives listening to us today? What would you say to them? Uh, what should they do related to customer experience technology? Yeah, I, mean, I would uh, I would just emphasize uh, the middle point that Barry made, which is sort of keep your eyes on the horizon. You know, a lot of times uh, we find the executives, um, it, it, it's very easy to get inwardly focused and sort of just sort of what, monitor your your measurements and make sure that you know you're you're optimizing what you've got, but you'll miss you know what your what your competitors are doing, who your competitors are. I mean that that's one of the things that's happening is that you know you have competitors that you unless you're unless you're watching closely, you don't even know who's taking some of your customer share away. So I'd say that the people that we deal with who have this sort of um, who have an, an external engagement uh, tend to I think be able to make uh, better decisions than people are sort of, you know, it, it, it's a lot to just keep up with your internal machinations. And it, it's hard to sort of lift your eyes away from that and sort of look and what's what's really coming, you know, what's, what's on the horizon for our customers and what, what option, options do they have? Make sure that you're ahead of that conversation. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The visual somebody taught me one time is like if you're only focusing internally, inwardly, you have your back to the market, you have your back to the competition, you have your back to the new best practices and those things will will sneak up on you. So make sure you're spending some time, like I said, looking at that horizon, looking through Periscope to see what's going on. Right. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, Barry, last word for us. No, I think it's been a good conversation, and I, I know I'm I'm going to be out shopping for leggings this weekend. So I think <laughs> you're going to have to look at the horizon and see what's available out there. But uh, certainly, you know, we all have different experiences as consumers, and and our options are certainly more plentiful than they ever were before, and they continue to grow. Now there's more choice about where to shop, what competitors are out there. The, the global market has changed things because now it's not local. It's it's not like I'm going to drive two hours out of town to go get something specifically. I'd rather just have it shipped, right? And I think that's a, a really big shift, and it's going to continue to go that way. So, you know, all these options just make it so much more challenging for retailers, and they have to think big. Great. Well, just out of curiosity, once we're done uh, recording this, I'm going to hop on my phone and look up in the London, Ontario area, see if anybody's carrying men's XL leggings. Uh, just, <laughs> I've got them all stocked here. They're all out. So. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Off camera, you have just stacks and stacks of them. So. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. That does it for this episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the Red Iron YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Just go to YouTube and search Red Iron Retail to find us. If you're on YouTube, just look like down here a little bit below us. Hit the subscribe button so you can stay in touch. Before we go, big thanks again to Jeff and Barry for sharing their wisdom with us today. Thanks also to Red Iron Marketing Director Jeff Williamson for his production work. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. For more information and retail technology best practices, please visit the Red Iron website at rediron.tech.com. Thanks again for listening and goodbye everybody.